Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this man back. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez. Of course, inspiration.health is his website, inspiration.health. He's a friend. He's also a great doctor. Doctor, how are you? Good to see you. Good to see you, Joe. I'm doing good. Happy to do what I'm doing. Yeah, let me let me ask you something right off the top here. Rand Paul of Kentucky, the senator, is talking about uh, possibly charging Dr. Fauci for mis or disinformation. He lied in front of the Senate. That would specifically be what the charge was, lying to Congress. But what are your thoughts about that? Do you think that Fauci was in the bag enough and, uh, and purposely doing so? Either, either he's incompetent or he was doing it on purpose. Do you think that he should face charges? I think you absolutely should. And the reason is, is that there is some, I believe, significant integrity in terms of how he handled the whole COVID situation, including his relationships with the pharmaceutical companies and, unfortunately, uh, advice that he gave to then President Trump. I think that when you look at all the things that are happening with the different indictments, et cetera, against President Trump, that actually a lot of this was just even in the beginnings and being facilitated at the beginning of the pandemic. And I presented some information to you that I thought would be interesting to share with the listeners today. It is uh, Dr. Jesse Lopez, Inspiration.Health. You know, you, you mentioned the kind of money they were making. And I remember seeing Fauci in front of the Senate committee. And he was asked specifically, I believe, by Rand Paul, how much are the royalties? How much do you get? Fauci was like, ah, I'm not sure. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I mean, you've uncovered some numbers that are startling. Fill me in. Yeah, this is pretty amazing. And this was on just the news from the reporter Greg Piper. And he reported on OpenTheBooks.com, who just this last Wednesday downloaded about 1,500 pages of unredacted records that showed that companies paid the NIH millions of dollars to approve and license their particular products or inventions. And this subsequently resulted in royalties being paid to Dr. Fauci, as well as to Dr. Francis Collins, who was the previous director of the NIH. So we have these different pharmaceutical companies who are receiving grants, contracts in the millions, 15 to 17 million dollars. They bring a product to market using these taxpayer dollars. And then instead of the taxpayers benefiting, Fauci and or Collins would get royalties from these companies. So how is that for integrity? So it, it, it behooves them to not tell the truth. It behooves them to push people towards a certain remedy because they're getting paid for that remedy. And they don't want people to know how much or who got paid. The initial information came out and they did not 
show the names or the license numbers for each of the payments. So they had to go back to court because the NIH re redacted this information and the court demanded that they release the information and the information was released. So we know, for instance, that clear back to um, basically 20 years ago during the AIDS epidemic, so to speak, that Fauci, who was also the director of the NIAID at the same time, was funding experimental drugs um, to be evaluated through the NIH. And actually, he received royalties of $45,000 for a medication, a drug for AIDS that never went to market, that had zero efficacy, but he still got those royalties. I don't want to age you, Jesse, but that was 40 years ago. Uh, the AIDS epidemic was the early 1980s, if you can believe that. But you're right. He got AIDS wrong. We've talked about that. He got HIV wrong. Talked about that. He got the solution or the remedy or the therapy for AIDS and HIV dead wrong. Yet somehow he stole the, the highest paid member of government, even paid more than the president. Uh, you've got a guy that we, we actually talked about this, and I might have played this video for you. I don't have it queued up. But he's on with like C-SPAN at some point when it was about some other flu, maybe SARS-1, some other flu. And the question was by a caller, if my mother already had the flu, does she still need to go and get vaccinated? And he tells the truth. He says, no, if she's already had it, that's the best vaccination that you could possibly have is natural immunity. Can you explain to me, because uh, I'm kind of a dumb guy, you tell me this all the time. Why is it that when it came to coronavirus or, or COVID, why he said the exact opposite. He said that natural immunity wasn't a thing. It is a thing, is it not? It, it is absolutely a thing. It was just, again, proven that it was a thing. In my research, I have actually found multiple studies that show that natural immunity far outweighs the vaccines in terms of a proper immune response. As a matter of fact, I followed Dr. Paul Alexander on his substack, and he did some interesting analysis regarding this. Uh, just recently, there was a study by Wang et al., in the Lancet Journal. Um, this was back at kind of when the actual pandemic was getting rolling. And the study showed that there was um, no benefit to things like remdesivir, right? Um, and in spite of that study showing that there was basically no benefit to remdesivir and that it actually caused harm, instead of relying on natural immunity, this was pushed to President Trump as being the medicine that would work and should be the standard of care. So he was given bad information. And the very day that this study came out was the same day that Dr. Fauci said that remdesivir should be the standard of care. So it almost you know, makes someone look like a fool when this data is being clearly brought forth that things like that don't work ignoring natural immunity and giving bad information to the president of the country at that time. And so I think that collusion really concerns me as we see what's happening today. Well, what was the deal with remdesivir? Did it turn out that it had some sort of heart implications? Uh, a renal a 30% renal failure. Um, Is that kidneys? Kidneys, yes, okay. absolutely. And that it caused significant harm and that it, that it didn't work. So why are hospitals getting paid for something that really doesn't work? You know, with the CARES Act, there were a large amount of dollars that were going out. And here's the thing, Joe, we haven't seen the royalties to any of those in the NIH or any of the other organizations around the COVID pandemic for 2022-23. There's still a lot of, of missing data that we need to get and to evaluate. And I think that that's really important because we need, 
integrity reestablished in the medical arena again and integrity established at these different organizations. And, and if President uh, Trump does get back into the White House, I hope what he does is he drains a swamp at the NIH and puts people of integrity who aren't beholden to pharmaceutical companies for royalties to give him information. It is um, Dr. Jesse Lopez, inspiration.health, inspiration.health. Um, Jesse, from early on, and I think we've talked about this before, but I want to I reestablish this. Were, were medical practitioners, were hospitals doing the wrong thing um, on purpose, or were they sort of directed to do this when they were putting people on ventilators? Because we're now finding out that if you're on a ventilator, the chances of you dying went way up. And ventilators, were, it turns out, was the wrong treatment for COVID-19 from the beginning. Did they just get wrong information? Why were they doing that? Unfortunately, I think most of the physicians that were involved and nurses that were involved were just nurses in a big corporate nightmare and pretty much were told by the higher ups what to do and what not to do. And as a result, a lot of individuals who could have benefited from early treatment did not get that early treatment and actually died. Instead, they were getting things like remdesivir. And so when you only see one side of the literature you're only going to act a certain way. As I alluded to before, I was talking about some of the things on Dr. Uh, uh, Paul Alexander Substack on his um, website, brownstone.com. There's 81 studies that show the value of natural immunity, right? So there's also the um, this whole aspect of that that was ignored followed by all of the data that was present on early treatment that was ignored. And even some of the studies that showed the adverse reactions to the vaccines started to disappear and continue to disappear. So it's like this huge cover-up. Wrong information is given, good information that's out there that's, that gets retracted, and people are just silent about what happened. They're not wanting to tell the truth. So we've got a real problem on our hands. I understand why you would monetize those healthcare officials and professionals that are treating people who had a very contagious disease. I get that. But shouldn't there be some check and balance in place? And here's what I mean. Early on, we had the Illinois health director, I don't know, I can't remember her name, who walked out and said, if somebody dies in a car accident and they have COVID, we're calling that a COVID death. And the reason they were doing that is because the federal government was paying healthcare officials more money facilities, more money, 13000 per or something at a hospital. If the person had COVID, it could be a broken arm, but if they have COVID, you get $13,000. They jumped off a bridge to their death, but they had COVID, and, and the, the coroner or the, the hospital facility is going to get some more money. Shouldn't there be some check and balance system in place if you're going to monetize it? And I understand giving some extra money. This was something that we didn't see coming or, or we should have seen coming, but most hospitals didn't. Okay, help them out financially. But shouldn't you check and make sure that you, a guy who died in a car accident or jumped off a bridge, you shouldn't be getting COVID money for that? Well, you shouldn't wrongly or in a, inappropriately incentivize medical care. So in other words, if you make a diagnosis and you get money through the CARES Act, such as with COVID, to me, that's unethical. You don't pay for that. If somebody gets on a ventilator and you give them extra money just for that particular intervention, to me, that can compromise the judgment of what's going on in that facility and certainly clouds the vision of those who have to basically be held responsible to the different um, stockholders of those particular corporations. Instead, it should be something where 
it's looked at how much a hospital or an organization is out because of the increased strain and drain, and then ask the federal government or state government for potential relief or get relief in a lump sum way instead of incentivizing each step. Because you see, that's just like, well, let's put everybody on this. Let's do this with everybody because then we're going to make more money. So to me, that's kind of an unethical approach. And I think that it put people at danger. I mean, it made sense to to give not and incentivizes the right word. You use the right word. They were incentivizing people saying it was COVID when it wasn't. You don't incentivize them. Maybe you give them some money back after they've treated somebody purposely and directly about COVID. That I mean, that I get that. Like if you were flooded at your at your facility by people who had COVID nineteen and you didn't have the knowledge yet, you didn't get the studies in yet, the treatments were still few few and far between. I get it if it cost you so much more exponentially more money that after the fact you would say, Hey, I had these COVID patients, here's all the documentation on them. Can you help us out? But but for somebody just to say, Okay, we had 2,000 COVID patients, and then somebody in the federal government sends them a bunch of money. I mean, that's just rife with fraud, isn't it? Well, yeah. It's like if I'm going to go do surgery and I'm going to do a laparoscopic approach, and they're going to say for each incision that you make, we're going to give you $500. Well, there's going to be the temptation, instead of making three or four incisions, to make five or six incisions and justify, well, yeah, I needed that extra incision because I couldn't see very well. You see, so so it really clouds the ability to make a clear, unbiased decision. And I think that that has to change in the medical world if anything like this ever happens again. We have to be able to step back from that and do something totally different. Because as a result of all of this, a lot of people were injured and hurt. And and actually, I'm really excited about an event that's coming here to Kansas um, because those that have been injured or hurt with either the vaccine or because they weren't able to have early treatment in the hospital with Things like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine are going to be able to tell their story. All right, we'll get into the details of that in a moment. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez, Inspiration.Health, Inspiration.Health. But fill me in on this new Omicron variant, EG5, that's starting to emerge. Is this something we should be worried about? You know, no no more so than usual. The problem is, is that, of course, the vaccinations are going to be behind again. Correct? You know, because the, the bivalent uh, now is being promoted and then a monovalent and now those are already behind because those are basically against the Omicron uh, variant um, uh, XB 5.1. So this is a total different variant. So what we're going to um, keep doing is just keep vaccinating into this particular virus. And okay. every time you do that, then you're going to keep putting pressure on it to change and to change and to change. And then the problem is, is that you're asking people to keep taking another vaccine, another vaccine, another vaccine. And we've shown over and over again that that compromises the individual's immune system. And there's some significant data that's beginning to come out that these vaccines and even some of the boosters are actually, quote, contaminated with actual DNA in them. Some samples were evaluated by Kevin McKernan, a molecular biologist, and found components of actual DNA that can actually potentially allow incorporation into the host genome um, that we were not told by Pfizer or Moderna. Wow. These were in Pfizer samples, and these were in boosters that were found. And the strain that was used, the DNA strain, was the simian DNA tumor virus SV40. And that, that could be a whole other discussion in and of itself because of the promoter and the enhancer sequences that were part of this that theoretically, if that person has a tumor antigen, could promote the growth of tumor. And there is actually a publication 
that uh, Mr. McKernan has um, in the um, uh, in the pipeline to try to yeah. get uh, published. Listen, uh, um, it's all very, very confusing, so I want to make it very easy. Uh, is it your opinion that we should stop with all these these so-called vaccines, let natural and herd immunity take over, and we'll be fine? Yes, I, I agree with Dr. Peter McCullough. He has said that there should be an absolute recall of these vaccines, um, simply if nothing else, because of concerns regarding the GMP practices associated with these and the contamination that's being found in these but also because of the significant adverse effects that we are seeing. Papers like even one that Dr. McCullough published back in 2021 showed significant myocarditis through VAERS, and that study was retracted from the cardiology journal without any explanation whatsoever. So when those kinds of things are happening, you know that something is amiss, and I'm trying to wake up my colleagues to really start to look at this and dig deep. It is uh, Dr. Jesse Lopez. Got about a minute left, Doc. Do me a favor. Tell me about what's happening in Kansas, and how can people find out more about it? All right. Well, go to kshf.org. It is a fantastic Kansas Health Freedom Organization that I've been involved with. We are having a freedom revival here in the heartland, and it's going to feature the new CHDs, Vax and Unvax bus. It is going to actually be making a national tour. So this is going to be the kickoff. We get to be the kickoff here in the Kansas City area, specifically Olathe, Kansas. We're going to have some great speakers. Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. will be speaking, Dale Bigtree of Highwire, my good friend Dr. John Littell, who I was on a panel with when we challenged the, challenged the University of Kansas Hospital to debate us. And Dr. Littell is a real patriot freedom fighter for medical health freedom. But uh, this is going to really draw national attention to those that have been injured by these mRNA vaccines, as well as those who lost loved ones because there could not be timely early intervention in the hospital because hospitals wouldn't allow it. And they're going to be able to tell their story all across the country. And so I'm really excited to be part of that. And hopefully uh, people's stories around the country will be able to be told as a result. Is there a link on your website to this? Uh, no, we'll put one up. Um, but yeah, that'd be good. We'll put that up there, and it's going to be August uh, 25th and 26th. All right, inspiration.health is the website, inspiration.health. Uh, Dr. Jesse Lopez. Doc, thanks a million. I appreciate you. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is The Joe Pag Show. Always appreciate Dr. Jesse coming on, inspiration.health. He does do telemedicine. Always incredible information, and he cites and sources everything. You go to his website, and uh, you'll see all that. Very important that you get the straight skinny on exactly what's going on with this thing, especially when they're talking about new variants and new shots and everything else. Uh, let's do the pop culture. Whoop. Dirty pop. Paula, talk to her brother. What's going on? All right, so you keeping up to date at all with this uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk potential UFC fight or, or MMA I mean, fight, I should say? Uh, a little bit. You know what I mean? A little bit. Why? What's, what's the well, latest? I guess so this morning, Elon Musk was saying that, um, that the fight is going to happen, and I guess he's kind of hinted to where it's going to be. Um, there's been rumors that maybe that they would do it at the... the Roman like Colosseum. Come on. Yeah. And like then, in Rome. Yeah. And and then so he was saying that that 
I guess his people and, and Zuckerberg's people were going to be, I guess, in charge of it all. But Zuckerberg saying no, that he wants it to be a UFC that handled it, handles it. So I agree with Zuck on that one, to be honest with you. All right, Paul, I appreciate you. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Carrie. I'm Joe. We'll see you later. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.